Welcome to Renaissance Life again. Here we go. Here we go. Ha <laughs> ha. Here we go. Here we go. We keep on keeping on. We keep on dominating. We keep on overcoming. We keep on growing strong in Him, growing strong in His might, in the power of the Word of God. We're made strong every day, every day, every day. And so we have a wonderful message today, a message to keep on keeping on, a message to keep on dominating, a message to keep on getting strong in the Lord and not looking back, not quitting, not giving up, not folding the towel, whatever you say, however you say that, and just, you know, I'm just going to camp out, buddy. No, we are those that do not shrink back but of those that advance and move forward in the kingdom of God. Moving forward in the kingdom of God. There's never backward. Slipping and sliding all over the place is not our portion in Christ, but a steadfast persuasion of faith to advance the kingdom of God is of God and dwells within us. It's called the fate of the Son of God, who's overcome the world and has said to us, do not, do not cave into the troubles that you find in the world, but be of good cheer. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world, he said to us. And so today we are of good cheer. Today we're after the master's sayings. Today we're about his business, and that business is a cheerful business because it is the very workings of faith that works through love and when you know that he so loved you he gave his son how can you be downcast how can we be downcast when we know what he has done for us and and then he goes further i'll never leave you nor forsake you I'm with you, low to the ends of the earth, low, low to the very end, he's with us. And he is the soon coming king that will gather us up through the rapture. Always his, always in dominion, always are we to portray the very glory of God. And so we have a message and it is, do not grow weary in the press. Do not grow weary in the press. Do not grow what? Weary in the press. What press? The press of faith. The press that we have made a decision to not look back in, but to keep reaching forward, keep attaining, keep growing up. The press of renewing our minds daily, undergoing transformation daily. The press of waging a good warfare with the word of God. The press of the fight of faith. And in that press, there's many temptations to give up. In that press, there's great opposition to paralyze us. In that press, there's a lot of naysaying to want to hinder us and distract us and mock us and deceive us. But we go back to what the Word of God says. If God be for us, who, ha, what can be against us? And 
things work together for good to us that are called to be in this moment right now. The obedience of faith. To work the purposes of God on earth. All things work together for us that love him. All things work together for us. How? When we do not look at this momentary trouble, but we behold the eternal God. We don't grow weary in beholding him. And thus transforming and being transfigured and being conformed to the image of glory. The glory of the firstborn, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go to two verses that really we can start off with. And it's in Second Thessalonians and Galatians. Let's go to the Galatians 6 one first because I believe I, I touched that portion or I've been really speaking from there quite a bit overall. So Galatians 6. Hallelujah. Do not grow weary in the press. Do not cave into the pressures to look back and to pick up another gospel that's less persecuted message. A message that makes you blend with the world and make you very friendly lest you be accused to be a Christian. That is extreme and radical. But we are extreme and radical for our God because he extremely and most radically demonstrates his love towards us. What a planning, what a plan, what a master planner he is to execute to execute such a salvation towards us because of his love. So masterfully he weaved the message of the Savior. So masterfully he used his prophets to decree liberty to the captives. He is doing behold a new thing. So masterfully he placed the seed of his son in Mary's womb because she heeded his word and grew him up. So masterfully the father grew him up and gave him favor with man and with himself. So Jesus grew up in stature to bear this fruit of salvation unless a kernel falls to the ground and dies. There'll be no harvesting of many. And here we are, part of this great crop, the church, that he laid down his life for, that we now know his will, that we his brethren now, part of his flesh, part of his body. What a planning of God to demonstrate a love divine. So in light of that, how can we grow weary when he never wearied out? 
when God never got fed up with us. And yet he says, the ones whom he loves, he chastens. He wants to bring us up. He wants to bring us up in this obedience of faith, where there's no weariness, where we know all that we do, we do unto him, and it is never in vain, never in vain. So Galatians 6, verse, well, let's start. Verse 7, do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. That's where weariness is, by the way. Weariness is, is a working of the flesh. That is so corrupted, wants to destroy your life, to hold you back, to distract you, to make you throw up your hands in the air and be like, I'm done with this Christianity, I'm done. No, we are not. Because he said it is finished. And when he made the pronouncement of full completion of redemption, that's when freedom burst forth to refresh us, us the weary ones, to bring us into newness of life where there is no decay nor corruption. For the kingdom of God is found in the Holy Spirit. In life eternal, in the ministry of the new covenant, which is of the spirit that gives life. To make us now new creations. We have become new creations. A life-giving spirit. Where is weariness in this new creation non-existent? So when we read these verses, be mindful of what you're reading. If you sow to your flesh, out of the flesh you reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit. From the place where he's living and sowing, from that place of the Spirit, he reaps everlasting life. Full courage to overcome. This is it, verse 9. And let us not grow weary. While doing good, while living in the Spirit, while sowing in the Spirit. And reaping eternal life. Let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season. Here's a promise. Here's an encouragement. Here's why we don't give up. This is why we keep on keeping on pleasing our masters at the very end. For in due season we shall reap, we shall reap if, if we do not lose heart. If we do not grow weary. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Let's go to the other verse that it parallels this. Paul, 
again, this time to Thessalonians in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Paul, do you think you know something about potentially getting weary? Do you think Paul ever faced that temptation to grow weary? Yes, many a times. And as the Lord leads, maybe we can go to those portions of Scripture. Even so that he's using this word weary in Ephesians, I believe, chapter 3, where he says, when you look at my life, don't grow weary because you're seeing these persecutions. He was so familiar with persecutions. And he was so worried about his own self giving up and growing weary. But those that looked upon his life, he did not want them to grow weary because of what he had to undergo for the preaching of the gospel. Being called the minister of the gospel. An apostle of God. An apostle of God. Highly persecuted. Facing many trials and yet overcoming with good cheer. And so here he says in 2 Thessalonians 3.11, But as for you, brethren, do not grow weary in doing good. And if anyone does not obey our word in this epistle, note that person and do not keep company with him. Great separation going on right now. The chaff and the wheat. The winnowing fork of the Father is working in the midst of all of us. Who do you stand for? Who will you not bow the knee to and compromise the preaching of the gospel by your lifestyle? Do not keep company with him that he may be ashamed, yet do not count him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. So it's referring to the body of Christ. The chastening of the Lord in this moment is great to all of us. And so from here, let's look at, let's go to 2 Corinthians. Actually, before that, I want to look at this word weary and it will throw us into, it will place us into the other verses. This verse, 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, 13 reads in the Strong's, but as for you brothers, do not grow weary in well-doing. Well-doing is to do well, to act honorably, to do what is right, to live virtuously. Do not grow weary in living virtuously. Do not grow weary in living the pure life of faith before God that solely pleases Him. Do not grow weary in acting honorably. Do not grow weary in doing what is right before God. This word weary, do not grow weary, is a strong 1573, Ekakeo, and is to faint, to be wearied, 
Usage can be, I'm faint, I'm weary. The word study of this word is made of two words, ek and kakos, and is out from and to. The first part and the second part is inwardly bad. And so properly when they're put together, it is to be negatively influenced, negatively influenced with the outcome of experiencing inner weariness. To be negatively influenced with the outcome of experiencing inner weariness. Is there a danger in inner weariness? Yes, there's great danger. It is an enemy to our forward walk in God. It will always negatively influence us to make us halt and deviate off the narrow path. This word faint, to be wearied. By implication, it can be to fail in heart, to be weak. And so today in Christ, there's no provision for such weakness. Because we now have the faith of the Son of God has overcome all. We have the dunamis working power of the Holy Spirit that is energizing us. Energio is the Greek word. The very energy of God dwells within us. The very spirit of the one that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us, quickening our mortal bodies unto the onward march of Christ as soldiers in God we are. And unto God. And of God. Send in a mission. Dispatched from heaven with a commandment to wage a good warfare with the word of God. To have a militancy in our mind and be sober-minded as to the hour that we're living in. That there is indeed great persecution. That there is indeed great opposition to the message of Christ, the pure message of Christ. Not the polluted worldliness of some that call it Christianity. Nothing but a vain imagination. Full of deceit and falsehood. Filling their ear with itching. Itching doctrines of man that actually the word calls doctrines of demons. Checking boxes of attendance and wanting to earn brownie points with those around them and please man and forget from what they have been delivered. And why salvation is, it's a rescue of all of us to serve the living God. By faith, to fear God alone and to be yes, sir, to him. Yes, sir, to not sowing in the flesh and fulfilling the desires of the flesh and refusing to undergo mind renewal and transformation. We'll give an account. As to how we live life here. We live an account. We'll give an account. And one of the accounts is, why did you grow weary on me? When 
The resurrector king of glory lives in us. Who lives in you? Jesus lives in you. Has he overcome it all? Has he triumphed mightily over the devil? Yes, he has. Then what is the excuse that you and I can potentially ever have before God? For giving up. For wearing out. For feeling sad. And really hurt. And this inward bad that wants to fester bitterness will negatively impact our forward walk in God. And the word talks about it, even defile many. So don't let the root of bitterness grow in you. Don't become weary-minded. Let's go to the other places this word was used in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 1 and verse 16, let's read those verses and then we'll, we'll come back to chapter 3. Therefore, since we have this ministry, this ministry of the Spirit, this ministry of liberty that he just referred to at the end of chapter 3, that enables us to undergo transformation as we're beholding him, as we're beholding liberty and life. Therefore, since we have the, this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. We don't give up. I believe New, New Living says we don't give up. We don't lose heart. We never give up. Verse 16 Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though, even though, means, means there are certain things working against us to make us to lose heart. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's not opposed. It is highly opposed and not very easy. That's why this message but in the face of opposition, what do you do? You don't turn and run the other way. Oh, no, no. We're made to overcome. He always leads us in triumph, does he not? Or do we just want to parrot those words when someone else is listening? How much we know the word of God? Time to live it out. Time to live it up. Live it up from the high place and live it out. Hightail, is that the word to turn around and go the other way? We don't do that. Like a whip dog. A tail between the legs and the other way. No, 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 no. We're a new creation man. We don't lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man, the inward man, the true man, the regenerated man, the born again man is being renewed day by day. For out, 
our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Why we don't look at these things that are seen, these oppositions, and be mindful of them? But the things which are not seen, which is the word of God, that we're daily beholding, as in the mirror. This is the choice you make today. And this will be the choice you make tomorrow and the day after tomorrow. Will you not grow weary in the press of faith? Will you not grow weary? Go back to chapter 3, verse 18. Will you not grow weary in beholding as in a mirror the living Christ with unveiled face? With an unveiled face, not ashamed. But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed, are being transformed. Or would you hold the moment of transformation? Will you make a decision to stop it? Because you're too tired now. No. This is what pleases him. Is this forward press. In light of this opposition, in light of this persecution to the outer man, you keep on being transformed. You keep on beholding him and being conformed to him from glory to glory, even by the Spirit. Let's go to, I refer to, actually, I'll give an example in Luke, the same word being used in Luke. Luke, Luke 18, not to grow weary. The master uses a parable, the parable that persistent widow that went to the unjust judge and did not quit in pressing forward her case. The petition for justice. What is our petition for justice? Is that I live now as the righteous son of God because of what he's done for me. And I don't cave into the unrighteousness of the hour. I press forth. No matter what opposes me. And wants to deny. And steal this. Conviction of righteousness in Christ alone. On the basis of the blood. And so here, let's read this little portion from verse 1 to 8. Then he, that is Jesus, spoke a parable to them. And the man, that man, this is the parable that he would teach us. And it was referring to that man always, that man always ought to pray. And not lose heart. Men always ought to pray and not grow weary. Jesus is communicating to us. Always is always. Always to pray. And never to lose heart. 
never to grow weary in well-doing. For in due season you will reap if you faint not. Saying, there was a certain city, in, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, she refuses to get weary in well-doing. She refuses to lose heart at the no that's been given her. At the rejection that is very evident. She's refusing to create an inward bad moment to affect her forward press for justice. Yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wearies me. And this is it. If we faint not, the devil is being wearied out. The, he is on a mission, even the book of Daniel talks about the last days, that the one thing the devil does is to want to weary out the saints. But let us be wise in this hour, like the wise virgins, and be filled up with the Holy Ghost. Be filled up with the Holy Ghost. Giving glory to God, being strengthened in faith. So that we weary out that devil. But every attack of his comes to naught. Comes to naught. Why? Because you did not cave into the pressure. But you withstood him steadfast in the faith and he took on flame. This is dominion. This is what we're born to do in Christ. This is who we truly are in God. His children made to overcome all. And so weary out your circumstance. Weary out your moment of opposition by standing strong in God. But not being deviated, no, losing a strength of persuasion in the forward momentum of God in your life. Keep on renewing your mind by reading the Bible. Keep on praying, Jesus says, always, and faint not. There's a key right there. If you're found in your prayer closet, you will not weary out. Are you feeling fatigued out? Well, then take a moment of inventory, check in on yourself. Have you been found on your prayer chair? Running busy here, there, everywhere. Scrawling, scrawling, scrawling. Worldly information. Gossip gathering. Ridiculous, really. The cheapness of the temptations that are coming our way to deviate us from the truth of the word of God. 
That's what's ridiculous. The devil is a liar. There's nothing new that he'll bring your way. Weary him out by refusing his ways of these cheap temptations of scrawling foolishness. Truth is only found in the word of God. You want to know truth about humanity? Read your word. If anyone sows in the flesh out of that flesh to rip corruption, don't be saying how cute. Look, they're sowing in the flesh. How cute they look. Mercy over our lives. To measure a right, to do what's right before God, to be honorable before God in this hour and not be mesmerized by people's fleshy lives and want to imitate worldliness. We just read in Galatians, it's very evident where it goes. Corruption. Everlasting life is only found. Only found. And sowing in the spirit. And new creation life. And so here he said, let me avenge her lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect? Shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, to him? Don't go moaning, complaining to so-and-so and that one and this one and all of them knowing your little stories. Cry out to him. Pray to him. Pray to him. Pray to him. Keep on beholding the author and the finisher of your faith. Keep on standing after you've done all you stand in the full armor of God. He knows how to avenge his elect. Hmm. Let's, again, verse 7. Shall and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, this is it. This is not about God avenging you. That's a given. God is faithful to the end. But the keys in our end, nevertheless, Jesus says, red letters, red letters. Nevertheless, he says, even when he avenges you, even when he acts on your behalf speedily, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Will he find faith in your heart? When he comes, and he is coming, and he is coming, and he is coming. This is what the message is about. Do not grow weary, lest you yield to deception 
and falsehood, the pride of life. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. And when the Son of Man comes, no faith be found in you. This is a real message. This is the very heart of God in this hour. Do not grow weary. Always pray. Because when you're always praying, you always are before him in the word. Reminding yourself of his faithfulness. And how does faith come? Through the hearing of the word of God. And you're assuring yourself of yes. Faith is strong in me. Yes, I believe the word of God and I live according to the word of God. I'm a doer of his word. So now let's go to where? Um, back to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. A bit of a longer read and I might do it all just because it brings the context to where I really want to go from 22, from 22 to 33, I believe. But here, right before chapter, right before, so 2 Corinthians 11, and I'm going for verse 22, but from verse 16 on is the context of it. And let's read verse 16. I say again, let no one think me a fool, Paul is writing. If otherwise, at least receive me as a fool, that I also may boast a little. What I speak, I speak not according to the Lord, but as it were, foolishly, in this confidence of boasting. Seeing that many boast according to the flesh, many, oh yes, <laughs> many boast according to the flesh, I also boast. For you put up with fools gladly, <laughs> since you yourselves are wise. For you put up with it, if one brings you into bondage, if one devours you, if one takes from you, if one exalts himself, if one strikes you on the face, he says, you're putting up with them. To our shame, I say that we were too weak for that. But in whatever anyone is bold, I speak foolishly. I am bold also. And here he starts. Are they Hebrews? This is about false teachers, false apostles. They come around stealing the word, the truth that Paul deposited in their hearts. False messages. Calling themselves mighty, mighty, grand apostles. And yet their fruit is putting someone in bondage here in chapter, in verse 20. That's the fruit of them. Put you in bondage, devours, taking from you, exalting themselves, striking on the face. And he says, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I, Paul says. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant. In stripes above measure. 
It's just Paul's story now. He's bringing to remember, to their remembrance what he has gone through to preach the gospel of Christ that has proved him over and over as an apostle of Christ because he never gave in nor, nor wearied himself out under these many trials that he underwent. Because there's only one thing that was before him to please his heavenly father. The assignment of God in his life, that the end of his life says, I have finished, I have completed, I've, I've run this race of faith. I finished the assignment. Not to benefit his, his own self. Not to profit for his own self. I speak as a fool, I am more, more of a minister of Christ. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently. This is Apostle Paul, whose message we read. That God has honored Paul before us by putting two-thirds of his right, uh, putting in the New Testament, two-thirds of his writings are his. That, that's the one we're reading about. In prisons more frequently, in deaths often. From the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, was the message opposed. Did anyone come against Paul? Were they all really nice to him? No. He lived in perils from man. In perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false, false brethren, in perils among false brethren. Verse 27, in weariness and toil, in sleepliness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches, who is weak and I am not weak, who is made to stumble and I do not burn with indignation. If I must boast, I'll boast in the things which concern my infirmity. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I'm not lying. In Damascus, the governor under Aretas the king was guarding the city of Demas of the Demas Damascenes with a garrison desiring to arrest me, but I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped from his hands and escaped from his hands. In Galatians 6, Paul writes, 
Verse 14, Galatians 6, 14. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom, listen, 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 by whom the world has been crucified to me, not has been befriended to me, has been reckoned dead to me. And I to the world, and I reckon myself dead to the world, lest the world pulls me under the sway of the wicked one. Lest I be deceived with the subtleness of this deception, the law of this outer man, it's his senses, the senses of the outer man, allowed by the pull of the world. That is under the sway of the wicked one. Dangerous. It's dangerous. This is the last hour. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor circumcision avails anything, but a new creation. A new creation you are. Don't know yourself after your fleshy moments. A new creation, you're born of God. Made to overcome every resistance, every opposition. Let's go to Second Timothy 3. Yeah, Second Timothy 3. Hmm. 15, let's see. Actually, no, no, let's go 10, 10, 10. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance. Look at verse 11 persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, the persecutions I endured. What persecutions I endured? And out of them all, in case you want to cave in and get weary and say, ah, here, we're doomed, we're doomed. No, no, you're not doomed. You're born from above, you're not doomed. Not doomed to failure. He says, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all, out of them all, not some, out of them all the Lord delivered me. If you faint not, you will reap. The Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire, listen to this, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow, will grow worse and worse. Yes, we're seeing it. 
imposters, evil men, growing worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you, this is it. This is what not wearing out looks like. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, assured of. You had confidence in the beginning in the word of God. Knowing from whom you have learned them and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, the holy scriptures. Don't depart the word of God. Read it in context. Don't just pick a verse out of here and a verse out of there and patch it up and make your own little doctrine. Or listen to all these falsenesses of one verse, you know, for yourself. Put yourself on your prayer chair and read the books of the Bible. Read them as letters when you read Paul's writings. Receive the heart of the letter. The purpose of the letter. All of them were correctional. That's what edification is, by the way. It puts you in the right course. It always takes some sort of a course correction. Because the outer man, a.k.a. the flesh is unruly. And wants its way, and we are to daily... No, say no to that. No, I pick up the cross daily. I reckon the old man dead daily. Let's go back here to verse 15. And you, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And of course, verse 16, we have to read that all scripture. This is the word of God. Is given by inspiration of God. It is of God. You want pure doctrine? Read the word of God. It's given by inspiration of God and it's profitable, profitable. It does well by you for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God, the man and the woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work, which means not to weary out on every good work, but to be equipped for every, for every good work. And so given all these accounts of persecutions, now we can go to Ephesians and understand what Paul is saying here in this moment in Ephesians chapter 3. Thirteen. Therefore I ask that you do not lose heart. This is the same word. Don't grow weary at my tribulations for you, which is to your glory. Which is to your glory. Did Paul live out his message that he spoke to the Corinthians in Second Corinthians chapter 4? Not to grow weary because he's light. Afflictions that are just for a moment are working a far greater way to glory. He lived out the word of God. He was a doer of the word of God. And we see it here saying, Therefore I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations. 
the stories of me being shipwrecked, of me living in, in peril, highly persecuted because I've chosen to live a godly life in Christ. Don't grow, re- don't grow weary by it because it's for your glory. It's for your glory. This is what transformation is. Enduring hardships like a good soldier. And I'm not talking about living with the curse. I'm not talking about suffering out for Jesus in, 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 in what the world says, oh, poor you, or in terms of sickness, disease, and, and all the lack that wants to be dished out in this hour. No, you're an overcomer. You know your portion in Christ is life and health and provision. Don't bow the knee to the wrong source. Don't bow the knee to the wrong answer to your problem. Bow the knee to the word of God. Because this word has made a way of escape out of every problem. But when you live in such a way where the word has become your escape out of problems, you will be highly persecuted. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about lack. I'm talking about a lack of revelation of who we are. But what I'm talking about is living godly lives before God. To do right because it's right before God. To live honorable lives before God. And I'll finish with Galatians 5. Because only in God do we have liberty from the flesh. All in him do we have liberty from this carnality and from the ways of the world. That through the cross, that through the cross has been reckoned dead to me. Galatians 5, 1. Stand fast, therefore. <laughs> Don't grow weary. Stand fast, therefore. In the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not, do not, do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Don't revert back to the way of the world, back to your flesh. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised, who picks up that traditionalism, that self-righteousness, the working of the flesh, that he is a debtor to the, to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by the law. You have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith, but faith working through love. And this is what he's looking for when he comes back. Faith working 
through love, for this is the only thing that avails much in the kingdom of God. Back to Luke 18. I have to read this again as a closing. I'll read. You can listen. You can go back in your own moment. Verse 6. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Yes, he will, if we do not grow weary in the press. Amen. Glory be to God. We are done. <laughs>